0: This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle.
1: Weekdays at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle.
0: At Gallant says on Twitter. Texting to the show at 710. 710.
1: Hello and
2: welcome aboard the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. I'm Paul Gallant and it is Tuesday, June fifteenth of 2021. Seahawks mandatory mini camp kicks off today, and Seahawks safety Jamal Adams will not be in attendance. Why? Well, we saw this morning that, per Jeremy Fowler, while he needs a new contract, the Seahawks are aware of a potential family, personal issue with Adams, so that might be a factor. And then Tom Pellicero reported about half an hour ago of the NFL Network that the Seahawks have excused Jamal Adams from this week's mandatory minicamp for personal reasons, per source. And all of this is good. I know that there are some who might see Jamal Adams not showing up for minicamp as a problem, a sign that there might be a holdout in the works, that things might be about to get dicey between the two parties. That's not going to happen. I'll be surprised if things get hostile between these two parties, regardless of what took place today. I, I, I felt the same going into today it would just be completely inconsistent with everything that we have heard jamal adams say about seattle thus far he's gotten a lot of flack over the past calendar year specifically from new york media a lot of people have painted him out to be this malcontent and yeah he wasn't happy in new york who would be? It's a rance, it's a just rancid, terrible, horribly run, pathetic, embarrassing organization. And it has been, honestly, since the 1970s. So, what are you expecting there? You're expecting Adams to be happy there after playing at LSU in college. Then all of a sudden, he goes to this joke of an organization. So, I think he really likes it here, just given where he's been before. And everything you've heard from Jamal Adams since then. This sounds like a guy who is not going to look at this situation and say, you know what? I'm going to make things difficult so that I can get as much money as I possibly can. Here's Jamal Adams on the Bill Simmons podcast. After the Seahawks season came to a conclusion against the Los Angeles Rams talking about how much he likes it here.
3: Since day one, when I walked in, I've noticed the difference. I-, I knew there was a big difference when I walked in and then maybe two or three months later, I'm still poking myself saying, is this real? There's no way they run this organization like this. This this has to be trick dice. This is not, this is not real, <laughs> you know? And they treat you like a pro, man. And that's what it's about. That's how you grow as a person on and off the field. They treat you like a pro. And if you don't want to do it, then you'll find yourself out. And that's the beautiful thing. The implication is that the New York Jets
2: weren't doing that and when he was on Peter King's podcast Adams told King that he's here to win and that time in New York it was not helping me out
3: I'm in this to win I'm not in this to you know sugarcoat anything I'm not in this to you know tell you oh I'm here for the rebuild I'm I'm not I couldn't do it because that's not how I'm wired I'm wired to win I'm an ultimate competitor I want to win so I couldn't do that and i couldn't fight the 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 rebuild should i say i couldn't i couldn't fight that with those guys I, I did it for 3 years i tried but it was taking so much it was taking so much from me and it was affecting me in my outside life and that's when i knew i said i could i can't do it anymore that's why he wanted the money he's been on record saying that
2: people in new york are going to get all upset still again because they feel slighted by jamal adams Adams wanted a tax paid to him so that he would sit through a rebuild when he was told that this Jets team was right on the verge of actually trying to contend, to compete. That's why things got to the point that they did. Now he's in Seattle. Here's Jamal Adams on the herd talking about how he and Carlos Dunlap, who's also been with a bad organization, the Cincinnati Bengals, tell rookies here all the time just how spoiled they are.
3: We always, you know, tell the guys over here that, hey, man, if you if you're a rookie or you've been here for, you know, your whole career, you're, you're really spoiled, right? And they spoil they spoil the guys in a, in the right way over here. They treat us how we're supposed to be treated, and um, they, but at the same time, they let us have fun. They let us be ourselves, and um, you know, just be unique in our own ways, and then you know, come come together as a team, and you know, chase championships. That's what it's about.
2: Words are just words, and contract negotiations sometimes lend themselves to awkward conversations where the Seahawks might say, yeah, but this is what you don't do for us. Or where Adams says, why aren't you giving me this much? But I think that there is just a mutual respect between both of these parties where with the Seahawks and what they gave up for Jamal Adams, two first-round picks and a third-rounder, It's obvious they're going to give him an extension at some point. And with Adams, everything he has said is that this is a world-class organization. Why would he dig in his heels here? Maybe I'm naive to believe everything that I'm hearing, but when I heard Joel Corey say this yesterday on Jake and Stacey, I started scratching my head. The one
4: problem getting to that range is I think there's some sense on making him the highest-paid defensive player on the team, which is currently future Hall of Famer Bobby Wagner, who signed a three-year mm-hmm. extension two years ago for $18 million per year. I have a hard time seeing the Seahawks paying him more than $18 million per year, particularly when the safety market right now is at $15.25 per year.
2: The safety market is the safety market. And I suppose that that, per Joel Corey, who does have – a lot of experience covering the salary cap side of things in this league and and just being a part of those operations as well. He knows what he's talking about here, but if I'm the Seahawks, should I be looking at it from the perspective of what a safety is worth or should I be looking at this from the perspective of who is the most valuable member of my defense? Jamal Adams is clearly the most valuable member of the defense. I know some people don't want to hear it. You're going to talk about Bobby Wagner's tackle numbers, who provides more of an impact playmaking ability on your defense, I don't think the answer is is more obvious. It's Jamal Adams based off of what you saw last year. 12 games nine and a half sacks. And look, maybe not the best guy in coverage. Is Bobby Wagner still the same guy in coverage that maybe he was a couple of years ago? I, I don't see that out of him anymore. If the Seahawks are looking at the long term of their defense, they should look at Jamal Adams. Realize that this guy is going to be the foundational piece for their defense, for better or worse, for injuries, all those things. Right now, that's the guy going forward that you expect to be here the next five years and to be the backbone of your defense. So it makes sense to pay him, and it makes sense to pay him more than Bobby Wagner, who plays a position in linebacker that I honestly feel like has been overvalued by a lot of teams of late. What's more important? In Pete Carroll's defense, I think that we have seen over the past decade that safety's the most important position on this defense. Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, you make the trade for Quandre Diggs, you make the trade for Jamal Adams. And it's nothing against Bobby Wagner. I'm just thinking that if I were the Seahawks, I would be willing to give Jamal Adams more than that. And I know that there are some reservations, and that's my question for you. Why wouldn't you give Jamal Adams a contract extension? You get to answer that today on the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. You can text that in, 710 710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You could also tweet me, at Gallant says. A text, no brainer to me, there isn't a single reason why I wouldn't pay the guy. Go Tigers. I, I think that's from our, our-, our friend Venkat, who uh, is a giant LSU fan. So, might be a little bit biased there. Uh, another text here i got to go back to work, but I think I'd be hesitant to sign the extension because we haven't seen what he can do here. We know Jamal is talented, but sometimes the most talented people just don't fit. Well, hang on a second. What haven't you seen? Nine and a half sacks, not enough for you? I mean, I, I really wish he was healthy for that playoff game, and it's a shame that he got injured in the season finale against San Francisco, and you saw how ticked off he was on the sideline. He just looked crestfallen because there were moments where he was in the right spot in that game. He just did not have the full use of of a shoulder that had a torn labrum in it. Another text, 710710, Paul, no owner wants to see Adams sign a $20 million deal. Therefore, I don't think any team would jump the market by $5 million. That's a 25% increase. Is that necessarily what he wants? Do you know that he wants that much more? We have heard Jeremy Fowler saying he wants to be the highest paid safety there, but is he going to take nothing less than that? What if it's comparable? What if it's in the same ballpark, given the situation he's in, given the lack of a state income tax? That helps a little bit too. What about this situation would mean that Adams is going to draw a hard line? I just don't see it happening. I don't see either side drawing a hard line here. I think the situation is going to resolve itself, and I don't think it's going to be as hostile as some people are believing it might be. But why wouldn't you give Jamal Adams an extension? I'm curious to see why you wouldn't. I would, by the way. I would give him the extension. Clearly, I feel comfortable paying him more than Bobby Wagner. 710, 710 is how you do it. We'll hear from you via the phones, 206-421-3776 at 1015. Your chance to be heard this hour of the Paul Gallant Show, which you can listen to on your 710 app, on your smart speaker as well, or watch 710sports.com slash video is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. It is 1010. That means it's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Kings Heating and Air with Maura Dooley. Good morning, afternoon, Maura Dooley. How are you now? I'm
5: good. You are definitely glass half full on this Jamal Adams thing.
2: I don't think that it's something worth sweating over.
5: I I think they will get it done, but I think it's going to take some some back and forth. I like I don't care how happy he is here. I still think he's a very boisterous, very confident, very uh, like I think he's got an ego, and I don't think he's just going to take the first offer.
2: I don't necessarily think he's going to take the first offer either, Maura. I, I guess I just feel that the first offer might be taken, and I don't think that either side is going to look at the other and say, oh, gross. You know, I, yeah. I, I think that there's a mutual understanding here that a deal is going to be made. And yeah, I think maybe
5: will get there eventually. I just think it might take a little bit of a fight.
2: Fight, I guess, is the word that I, I'm looking at, and I, I feel like it will be a lot more cordial than that word. I could be wrong. Again, I I just think everything Adams has said implies that he loves it here. And I I think that when you are really happy with your current situation, yes, you want to get paid as much as you possibly can. But I think that is something that's going to make you a little more patient. And I think with the Seahawks, too, I mean, they have no choice really but to be patient given what they gave up for him.
5: Yeah, but they play hardball. You heard Brock say that.
2: That's true. And we'll see. We will see on this. (laughs) I guess I wouldn't. I, I, I see him as your... Your linchpin for your defense going forward. I agree.
5: Well, we'll see. It looks like we're gonna have to wait a little longer to see because he has this excused absence now. So we won't really know till training camp whether he is an actual holdout or no show. This is true. You're right. Pete Carroll gives us some more information. So
2: everything behind closed doors in the Seahawks. (laughs) Hey, I'll give him this. They 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 keep they have kept things for all the Russell Wilson drama, and now potentially this. They have done everything in their power to protect the team and keep all the drama behind closed doors. It's just Mark Rogers who's bringing it all out.
5: Our first What's Trending story uh, involves a team that has not. So uh, Aaron Rogers, Bryson DeChambeau, Tom Brady, and Phil Mickelson are doing promos right now for their upcoming golf event, The Match, and the Packers and their situation with Rodgers, where there was kind of a jab made, they weren't referenced outright, but you you can hear it here.
2: You know, at the, at the end of the day, you, know, you can you can say all you want, but Aaron and I are, are grinders and competitors, and you know just like y'all are, I, our golf games are a little bit better. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see. I do think you do have a partner that would probably have liked to go for it a little more often than he has in the past.
6: So,
1: Bryce, I'm glad you're encouraging him to to kind of go for it when it's on the line so rather than (laughs) you know just knock into the fairway or something like that and try to try to play for the next shot
2: yeah i'll never i'll never push anyone to do anything so he can choose whatever he wants to do i well i usually don't get the option in my that's what (laughs) i mean
4: you felt you'll finally have the option aaron so (laughs) i know the pain
2: Shambo's trying to explain the joke to everybody (laughs) where Tom Brady is just getting the subtle trolling in there and Aaron Rodgers runs with it. Yeah. Some nice teamwork between those two. As far as that little buddy cop tandem on zoom, I love just how awkward this continues to get. Aaron Rodgers is wearing a t-shirt that says I'm offended with an emoji on it as well. Look, he's going to keep taking shots at the Packers, and the Packers, of course, they have done the same thing because Mark Murphy can't keep his mouth shut. What's weird, Mora, is seeing that, I guess, James Jones, who is apparently very close with Aaron Rodgers, keeps telling Fox Sports when he's on for his appearances that this is not as bad as everyone's making it out to be. And that while maybe Mark Murphy and Aaron Rodgers don't have the best uh, relationships, Mark Murphy is the Packers CEO, that this is something that can be fixed. I'm really curious as to how.
5: I know. I've seen that, too. And I, I always wonder, even if they were close as teammates when they played together, how much information a guy gives a guy that's now a member of the media because you kind of become the enemy. But it could be like, a you know, we think Russell's camp sends word to Colin Cowherd sometimes. It could be Rodgers wanting James Jones to say that. But everything else he's doing is kind of fanning the fire, so it's it's strange, unless he just wants he wants all the blame to go to the organization and make it seem like he right. is trying.
2: How long do you think Aaron Rodgers takes to respond to a text? And does he leave those <laughs> texts on read?
5: Probably. He's off in Hawaii with Shalene Woodley, right? I or, bet he's bad you know? at
2: responding to texts. Yes. Getting ready
5: for the match.
2: Yes, getting ready for the match. I'm off the grid. It's It's all about, you know, trying to live my best life and find nirvana and inner peace in uh, Hawaii. Uh, Big thanks to Mora Dooley. That is What's Trending, brought to you by Kings Hitting and Air every single morning at 1010. All right, guys, 206-421-3776 is how you call. You can text in too, 710-710. I don't think that things are going to get awkward between the Seahawks and Jamal Adams. I just don't. I don't see why they would. I feel like both parties have shown that there's mutual admiration for each other. But I know there are some people out there that look at Jamal Adams and you're probably not a hundred percent thrilled. That's probably just a byproduct of how much Seattle traded to get him. But text in seven ten seven ten at Galant says on Twitter or call in again two oh six four two one three seven seven six. Why shouldn't the Seahawks give Jamal Adams a contract extension? This is the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. I'm Paul Gallant. It's your chance to be heard.
0: Your voice. Your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 1015 with Paul Gallant. Be heard.
2: At Gallant says, the only reason, says House, that you wouldn't sign him is you can get the same safety production from a cheaper player and also have money to sign a premier pass rusher, but that scenario doesn't exist, so they should sign him immediately. Yeah, you're right on that. I know though some people were trying to talk themselves into when uh, Jamal Adams was injured earlier this year into... How am I forgetting that guy's name? Um, who was that safety that was playing the first couple of games of the season? I, I, someone's going to need to help me out, but he had a really impressive first couple of games of the year. And everyone was like, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe Jamal Adams isn't missed that much. But then Adams came back and had all of the sacks that he did. Um, so from that perspective, I don't know where you find that guy, who you find that guy, and how realistic it is to believe that that guy is going to be able to, you know, step in or even exist. 206-421-3776. Let's go to Jeff and SeaTac. Jeff, what's going on, man? Hey, how you guys doing? Doing well. Good, good. Yeah, so I think it's going to get a little bit messy with the Jamal Adams situation. Um,
6: historically speaking, we do kind of have a track record for, um, you know, trading for players and then, you know, kind of not giving them the offers they're looking for, almost, you know, disrespectful offers, like with Sheldon Richardson, Javion Clowney, um, even with our own guys, you know, Cam Chancellor was drawn out, Russell Wilson was drawn out, and, and, and I just really hate it because I feel like it's, they're risking the relationship of, of the team with the player, um, a little, much when when you know they I think they should be a little bit more open with that with that checkbook especially with the guy with uh, like Jamal Adams where he just traded so much for him but you know if we're going to travel down the same path you know I, I would expect this to be a, a, a couple month long process if not longer
2: appreciate the phone call Jeff and by the way Ryan Neal was that safety that I was thinking of so let, let's look back at some of those moments in time first off I, let's start with with Cam Chancellor because people are going to make that comparison the difference is Jamal Adams is a former first-round pick that left a bad organization to join a good one. Cam Chancellor was playing like a pro bowl, all-pro safety, playing at a contract that was way below the value he was bringing to the table for the Seahawks. Russell Wilson, former third-round pick. It's a little bit different for, I think, those guys who are first-round picks. And the other guys that were brought up did Sheldon Richardson play up to the level that you expected when you traded for him? What was it, a second-round pick, I think? Did you Clowney? You could see why, in the case of Richardson and Clowney, they didn't decide to extend either of those guys. But in the case of Adams, I guess, what would Seattle's holdup be? And in the case of just Adams' perspective, is he going to get I guess as hard-lined or honestly desperate to get paid what he's worth when he does have that first round payment history on 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 the docket already I think we're, we're we're comparing somewhat different situations and it's not to say that Adams is going to try to get every single penny that he would I just think I think there's a little bit of a different perspective with a guy like Adams given that he played for a bad team versus those two who are part of a championship team, won Super Bowls, and were thinking to themselves, okay, but look at what we won Super Bowls while making. 206 421 Jack is in Seattle. Jack, what's going on?
4: Hey, hey Paul. Let's not forget the, the Seahawks were historically bad on defense last year, and that was with Adams. I think you signed him to an extension, but you don't break the bank. We do not need sacks from a safety position. We need somebody that can take the ball away. Uh, We can sign a defensive lineman uh, to get sacked. So I think his sacks are overrated. And his durability issues because he's not big enough for that position to be rushing the passer. you can't help the the club in the tub. He stays hurt. I mean, he's definitely a great player. Don't get me wrong. The talent is there. But the position, the sacks, it's kind of empty numbers to me. I would rather have a of Fitzpatrick. I made this point earlier um, in the year with
2: you. I remember you calling That's now, Jack.
4: That takes the ball away. If, if it's all about the ball, what are we talking about? He stays hurt. He can't DB. I mean, he's a DB who doesn't DB. He's a glorified linebacker, not big enough for that position. What? I mean, what are we talking about? Well, yeah. Don't break the bank for this player,
2: uh, Jack. Let's let's look at it from this perspective. I, I I think you want a specific thing out of a safety, and that's not that's not what you're ever going to ask Adams to do. You know, like you're asking Quandre Diggs to do that at safety.
4: Earl Thomas, you take Earl Thomas in his prime or Jamal Adams. Earl Thomas, uh, Jamal Adams had more sacks in one season than Earl Thomas probably had in his career. But I would take Prime Earl all day, every day in this defense. In this
2: in Pete But is that the world you're living in? Like, it's not between you know Earl Thomas or, or or Jamal Adams here. It's Jamal Adams who plays a completely different position than Earl Thomas. You know, like Thomas plays center field for you. That's what you you have right now with Quandre Diggs. That's what Diggs is doing for you. Adams, well, you could call him a safety, uh, Jack. I, I call him a positionless player. I feel like he is just a dude who all over the front, seven yards of a defense, he's going to be there in any way that he can, whether it's matched up against a tight end or blitzing or, or as you said, basically being a smaller version of a linebacker. And, and I think that's valuable in today's NFL.
4: If, you, if Well, what about the durability issues? I think it's That's a, a question. Cor- I think it's a direct correlation to how he's being used, not being big enough to rush the quarterback on a consistent basis like they're using him and his injuries. I mean, just look at his injuries, torn labrum, broken fingers, stuff like that, where he's rushing the quarterback. He has no business rushing the quarterback as much as he does. Now, a surprise, a blitz here and there, yes, but to be consistently used as such, he's not that player. So you don't – he's not positionless, He's a safety, and they're using him the wrong way, if you ask me.
2: Jack, appreciate the phone call. And and, while I disagree, I I, I think you do bring up some interesting points. And the – The injury one is the one that I look at, I guess, the most right now. Two shoulder surgeries. They use him in the best way they can use him, even if they are not using him as a safety, maybe the way that a lot of you guys would like to see him. Up next, the Graz is going to join me in the sports pit as he does every single Tuesday. We do have to talk about what baseball is trying to do. Enact rules that are going to stop cheating. I don't know if that's actually possible. And get a feel for what he's thinking with the Jamal Adams situation. Jamal Adams not at Seahawks mandatory minicamp, but he has been excused. All of that on the table. Don't go anywhere. It's 1030. And that means it's time to get in the sports
0: pit. In
6: the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some frickin' toughness, you're gonna get your, you're gonna, you're gonna fail. with Paul all go on.
2: And in the sports pit, I am joined by the one and only, the great and powerful Groz, Thanks to the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company. Graz, what's going on, buddy?
7: How's it going today, Paulie boy?
2: I'm feeling good. Adding you to the program is like adding spider tack to my hand. Because now, oh boy. The hot takes <laughs> have a much higher spin rate. Uh, see what I did there? Nice. That was oh, nice. Pause. Nice. Even current. Very current. Yeah, I'm patting myself on the back for that terrible transition. Hey, so, I mean, look at this. Baseball says that they're going to punish something that was already being supposedly punished by, yeah. you know, a 10-game suspension. Now, all of a sudden, baseball is going to do the exact same thing that they were already supposed to do. I really wonder how they enforce this one, Graz.
7: I think they just—they just basically tell everyone, <clears throat> "Okay, look, this time we're serious. No more screwing around. We're serious this time. We really mean it this time." Just like like a like a parent who's who's gotten their last uh, their last straw with with their kid. You know, this is it now. We're, we're, we're serious now. You just wait now. You, you wait till we you, don't don't make us don't make us show you don't make us show you. But it, it's actually something that they can be serious about, should be serious about, and I hope will be serious about if they want to get any hitting back in the game.
2: Yeah, because otherwise, I mean, the other approach is something that maybe with their younger children that they were also quite uh, accommodating with. Do you remember at what point they finally decided to take steroids seriously?
7: Oh, man, I, I tell you what, it took a long, long time. I, I remember being in my 20s covering the Oakland A's when, when McGuire and Canseco broke in. Oh. And so McGuire, first year, right, hits forty nine home runs as a rookie. He's about six foot five, about one eighty, and is just all all wrists and arms, and is just amazing. And he he comes in the next year, and he's forty pound thirty or forty pounds heavier. Wow! I'm not exaggerating. No fat. You know, a back uh, covered with um, covered with zits. Oh no! And we all we all kind of looked around and said, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, and. <laughs> And so, to answer your question, I think everyone knew in the mid-'80s and and until baseball took it seriously, no one took it seriously. So at least five, six, seven years minimum. Guys were using it uh, without anything to worry
2: about. I I think every single game you could theoretically have something like you have when you go to the airport, like with TSA, where you have potentially an extra umpire who's checking these guys to make sure that they're not doing anything, you know, that's – Devious, but I mean, you got these guys all by themselves in a bullpen. You got these guys right. all by themselves in a dugout. There are plenty of opportunities for application of things that could help you throw the baseball better.
7: And they can't monitor everyone, so the thing they got to do is, you know, back in the uh, in the old days too, there was Gaylord Perry who threw the spitter, and everyone knew it, and they couldn't catch him, and they sent everyone after him, everyone after him, and never did catch him. This is a little bit different because guys haven't really been hiding it. But you go after the top guys. That's how you get something like this and have something like this work. Trevor Bauer, for example, would be one of those top guys whose ball is spinning, you know, unnaturally well uh, these days. So, you know, you start lowering the boom on guys like that. You don't have to be as diligent as checking every person in every bullpen every inning, which is something you literally can't do. But uh, if you can throw, throw a scare into some people... Uh, and uh, and make it a stiff enough penalty that if you get caught, you can get it under control. But that's the first step, and that's the step they haven't taken yet.
2: The Graz is with me in the sports pit. The Mariners have actually won their last two games, and you talk about things that are maybe a little bit surprising. How about Jake Fraley all of a sudden? I, I have no idea how he was able to make this happen as quickly as he has, but in addition to drawing a walk seemingly every three at-bats or so, He also is now hitting 275. That's the highest batting average on the team.
7: This is in the fine tradition of Mariner Phenoms. (laughs) Jake Fraley, come on now. It's your turn in the spotlight. Uh, It's been a nice couple of weeks. I agree with you. Uh, I'm curious to see if he can keep it going. I think, uh, you know, now is at this point now, he's going to have pitchers making their adjustments on him. We'll see what difference that makes. That that has a tendency to really slow down guys. Uh, who, who, are, who are making a big splash, and, and they got to make their adjustments as well. But it has been fun to see. There's no question about it. But uh, let, let, let's see what it looks like in, in about two or three weeks, when when guys are, are now s- suddenly taking him a lot more seriously when they're first talking about what a lineup looks like than they are right now. It makes but me, I love it so far.
2: Same, and it makes me feel a lot better about the idea of letting Kellnick stew down there. And he did get a home run yeah. last night where he mooned that bad boy down the right field line. But, yeah, I, I, this, I think, gives you a little bit more leeway for patience. And also, hearing Mitch Hanager's injury is probably not that uh, serious. Also, a big help in a year I'm, everyone's I'm, hurt. I'm not...
7: Hey, last time Mitch Haniger fouled the ball off himself, he missed two years. Oh, yeah. So I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to wait and see before I accept <laughs> any he's okay. Uh, you, you, I'm, I'm going to wait a week at least and, 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 and see that he's okay. Because he hurt himself badly the last time he did something like this.
2: Yeah, I don't even want to say the body part that that got injured, so no. let's just let's just no. move on and talk about something else. Hey, the Seattle okay. Seahawks, mandatory yeah. minicamp, it kicked off today. Jamal Adams, he was excused for personal reasons. Do you have concern about the contract back and forth between these two based off of history? I I feel like things between these two they should be rather cordial given Adams' appreciation of here versus New York and also what Seattle just gave up to get Adams. Clearly, they think very highly of him.
7: Oh, yeah. I, I'm, to answer your question, I'm not concerned at all. This is something that will get done right around training camp uh, within a couple of days of it starting or, or a couple of days before it gets started. The parameters are obvious. You know, you look at the top paid safety, and Jamal Adams is going to say I should be paid more than him because I'm I'm a pass rusher, and the CX are going to say, yeah, you should. <laughs> We've got no problem with that. But you see, we got this guy Bobby Wagner who we're paying 18 million plus two, and he's he's our top paid guy. He's been here for 10 years, so you'll have to come in under that. And then it just becomes a question of guaranteed money, which is always the biggest issue. And uh the amount of years and that's that's usually not a big issue. Guaranteed money is usually a bigger issue. But finding that, that digit that, that he gets at, you know, that, that first number will be north of fifteen and a half million, south of eighteen and a half million. Uh the Seax, as you pointed out, Paul, no matter how you slice it, you're, you're you you gave up way too much capital for this not to work. So you're not gonna, you're not gonna get into a, into a knockout dragout unless his agent's a complete nut. And you you know, you're, you're pointing it out that I, I don't think, again, I don't think the Seahawks are gonna have any problem at all agreeing he should be paid more than other, other safeties because other safeties aren't sacking guys. You know, it would have been, if we were figuring it out last year, weren't we? That it yeah. would have been something like 13 or 14 sacks had he stayed healthy. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's, that's outrageous numbers. So I think that I, I'm not, I am not at all worried about this. I'm more worried about the fallout from Russell Wilson stuff than I am about Joel the
2: side. Hopefully all that stuff is in the uh, (laughs) rearview mirror. He is the great and powerful Graz. Graz, thanks so much for stopping by, and we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds great, Paul. That is the Graz, everybody, at the Graz on Twitter. I'm Paul Gallant. It's the Paul Gallant Show, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle, 206-421-3776, is how you call in. And the question of today's show... Okay, guys, look, Jamal Adams, he's not there for the start of Seahawks' mandatory minicamp, but I don't think it's the end of the world. You shouldn't either. I'm not concerned. The Graz isn't concerned about a contract extension being reached between these two parties and things getting chaotic, messy, ugly along the way. But why wouldn't you give Jamal Adams a contract extension? You answer that for me.
0: Need more Mariners in your life? 710 ESPN Seattle has you covered. Going back, looking up. Goodbye baseball. How about that? Get the latest inside information on the M's with Mariners spotlights 30 minutes past every hour. Download the 710 Sports app to hear the voices of Mariners baseball every game, wherever you go. And hear the biggest moments of the game with Danny and Gallant every morning at 710 with Front Page News. Holy
6: If your house got chilly during the last cold snap, call Blue Flame Heating and Air. Hey, it's Dave Wyman, and for a limited time at Blue Flame, get 18 months no interest financing or a free UV light with the purchase of any furnace or AC unit. Mike and his team will take great care of you, so check them out at BlueFlameComfort.com. Subject to credit approval, purchase, and installation required. Valid at participating locations. Based on availability while supplies last. See BlueFlameComfort.com for complete details. Before you plan your summer and all the fun activities, what you really should plan is enjoying it with perfect, clear, natural vision. Hey, it's Dr. King from King LASIK. Let us give you summer freedom from foggy glasses and dirty contacts. The King LASIK procedure is pain-free, over in minutes, and you can see 2020 the very next day. So schedule your complimentary Zoom consultation with me at KingLasic.com. Free your summer fun and save $1,000 this month. Go to KingLasic.com.
3: Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that we can give our daughters everything they need to grow and learn, but not every child can focus on classes and play dates.
0: Nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. face hunger. That's one in six. School lunch might be their only meal each day, and it's heartbreaking to imagine any child going to bed hungry. We're dreaming of a perfect day when kids can smile, play, and just be kids without worrying about where their next meal will come from. Feeding America is working to make that perfect day a reality.
3: Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle, hosting tea parties. Hunger should never be an obstacle to growing up.
0: You can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org.
7: Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Prescription products require an online consultation with a healthcare provider and are only available at the provider determines a prescription is appropriate. Subscription required. Additional restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information.
4: My husband's ED was affecting our marriage. When he first started experiencing ED, it was difficult for both of us. We didn't know who to talk to about it or where to get help. Hims was our answer. Hims connected my husband with a licensed provider online. He was able to get medication to treat his ED at a fraction of the price people pay for the name brand. It was delivered to our door, and guess what? Our sex life is back. It works.
0: Right now, get your first online provider's visit totally free when you go to 4 slash love. Yep, free. No copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. Just the care you need.
4: Thanks to HIMS. We got our sex life and our marriage back.
0: To start your free online visit, go to this exclusive address, forhyms.com slash love. That's forhymns.com slash love for your free online visit. F O R H I M S dot com slash L O V E.
3: For the one standing guard. For the eagle-eyed. For the knights in shining armor. And for all those who support them. We are Granger. Your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com/slash safety or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done.
1: Breaking up is hard. It's awkward and uncomfortable. And sometimes, just as you're about to leave, you talk yourself back into staying. It's the same with your wireless carrier. Leaving can feel impossible. But you know what? You deserve better. And thanks to Xfinity Mobile, you finally have a good reason to switch. Now they have unlimited with 5G included for just $30 a month per line when you get four lines. That's on the nation's fastest, most reliable network. Just $30 for all the flexibility you could ask for. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of relationship i want to be in and you can save up to four hundred dollars when you switch so what's not to like so come on dump your carrier break free from the big three and switch to xfinity mobile to start saving today visit a store to learn how the switch squad makes it easy to switch to xfinity mobile and internet together and save hundreds reduce speeds at 20 gigabytes a line most reliable based on results from rootmetrics.com us report results vary not an endorsement. Treating prostate
6: cancer with five visits instead of 45 is a great idea, but not a new one. And it's only one of the many reasons to choose Swedish Cyberknife. With prostate cancer, you have a lot of treatment options. You want the most advanced treatment, excellent outcomes, the least side effects, and a short treatment course. You want Cyberknife at Swedish. CyberKnife is a non-surgical treatment utilizing a robotic radiosurgery system to deliver radiation beams with sub-millimeter accuracy. The targeted radiation adjusts robotically in real time for any tumor and patient movement. Swedish CyberKnife patients report a better quality of life both during and after treatment. CyberKnife is one of our nation's leading prostate cancer treatments, and we have it right here in Seattle. To learn more about CyberKnife for prostate cancer, go to swedish.org slash prostate, or give them a call at 206-320-7187. Treat prostate cancer with Swedish CyberKnife. You're listening to Paul Gallant.
1: Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio.
0: Every day at 10 on 710
2: ESPN Seattle. It's the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. The great Maura Dooley produces this show every single day. Maura, you just made me aware of something. Can you please inject this into my veins? But not in a good way. This is not going to get a good reaction. I need to hear it again, though.
5: Yeah, I just saw this floating around on Twitter. Uh, It's a New York Post article by Jared Greenspan. The headline is, Jamal Adams is creating Seahawks drama now. And the first sentence is, the Jamal Adams saga is underway in Seattle. He's been excused for personal reasons like you don't know if he has a sick family member or someone died. Let's slow your roll here a little bit, New York.
2: You're 100% right, Maura. This is, I'm going to say this as politely and kindly as I can and, you know, not paint with a broad brush, but (sighs) New York doesn't know anything about football. And I really want to just focus on the two best organizations, extreme quotation marks used there when we talk about both the Giants, who are a joke, and think Daniel Jones is good, and the New York Jets as well, who have been one of the worst organizations in professional sports for all these years. These people in New York are just so in their feelings, still, about... A player who, God forbid, hated playing for an embarrassing organization that drafted him. Not only did they draft him, but at one point, they made it clear to him that they were going to try to win. Then they changed things up. What really bothers me about this is just the unfair way that he has been painted by this New York media. How dare he want out? Oh, that clown show where they thought Sam Darnold was going to be good, just like they thought Mark Sanchez was going to be good. They think Zach Wilson's going to be good. That town has the football IQ of (sighs) who is that dude on the New York Giants? Ben McAdoo, Rich Cotite. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't know anything. I just can't. Get out of my head why they are so insulted by the idea of Jamal Adams saying, yeah, I don't want to play here. I don't want to play for these losers because that's what they are. It really bothers me that they continue to go out him like this. Give it up. I mean, at this point, you just look salty, petty, and pathetic. And you are all of those things. So it's important to, you know, paint you with that broad brush. but the. Absence has been excused, and you are claiming he is already causing drama when, based off of all the audio evidence that we played at the beginning of this show and all the many things that he has said about Seattle, that's just not going to happen, period. It's just not. And yet, they just want to keep trying to make this thing happen and pander to their listenership and make them believe That he is making things difficult. And you're going to see all the exact same comments that you have seen so many times coming from people in that area who are so upset that this guy doesn't want to play for their loser franchise. Fireman Ed quit on that team. That's how bad they are. What's wrong with Jamal Adams quitting? What's wrong with Jamal Adams trying to get out of town? By the way, he still played. He still played. I don't get it. I, 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 You know what? Check that. I do. I do get it. I get how it works. I get how the internet works these days. Everyone's lazy. You're going to put a headline out there. You know it's going to get a lot of clicks. You know it's going to get a lot of interactions. All of that stuff. But you're lying. It's disingenuous. And if I'm someone who follows football in New York, I would want to unfollow the New York Post over this stuff. But keep at it. Keep at it because you're going to lure all the free agents to New York. They're going to want to play with an 18-year-old kid, Zach Wilson, who's under center right now. Yeah, that guy. That guy's going to be the guy. <clears throat> Anywho. All right. Where, where were we? Oh, yeah, the, the Seahawks' uh, mandatory minicamp started today. You okay? I, I am okay. I It just bothers <laughs> me that they operate this way. And like I, I know I shouldn't be surprised, but this is just lazy yellow journalism. That's what it is. Hey, let's create a headline based off of actually nothing. What is this 1900s? Do we need to get like William Hearst out of the grave or something like that to overlook this or rewatch Citizen Kane? Like this is nuts. I'm just gaslighting the guy. I just used that word. I've always told myself I'm never going to use the word. I think I used it properly. Take a breath. I don't know, I think this is good. I think this okay. is good. I think All I think, right. I think people enough. want this. I think people want this energy. Guys, I, this is not going to be the issue that I think a lot of people want it to be, and I would say specifically in New York, people in New York want it to be an issue. People want to see this blow up because they're upset. They're upset that a top 10 pick didn't want to be here, and that the New York Jets, by the way, who got a lot in return for him, you would think that they would be over it, right? I mean, you have seen over the course of the past season, they'll like show that play where uh, Jamal Adams gets isolated by Stephon Diggs, and he does a spin. And they're like, oh, yeah, he can't cover. (laughs) Like, while they're trying not to cry inside about the fact that their team's a joke still. Oh, yeah, he can't cover. Nine and a half sacks in 12 games. Oh, well, he he can't cover. That's not what they ask him to do in the Seahawks defense. Well, yeah, but he still can't cover. Go Yankees. It's annoying. um, Anyhow, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. If you have a legitimate reason as to not extending him, I saw this from somebody who who tweeted in response to my question of the day. Why wouldn't you give Jamal Adams the extension? He's not worth the headache. I really wonder how the end of his time in New York would have been covered if it were in any other city. I really do. I don't think we'd be talking about it the same way. It honestly might get the same kind of treatment that we we saw James Harden on his way out of Houston get in Brooklyn. That's sort of been forgotten. Even in Houston. There's weirdly this dynamic of people that are still supportive of Harden after he left. But the Jets got two first round picks and a third round pick for him, despite him being disgruntled and unhappy with his time in New York. And yet they still want to, I think, honestly, slander the guy. Smear him, and he's not there anymore. Get over it, New York. You lost, you're still terrible. It's never going to change. You have the same owner. He's back from his, what, he was like a, uh, I think he was like a diplomat overseas to England or something like that. Woody Johnson. He's back. He's back in your lives. He's not going anywhere. You're going to be terrible forever. There you go. Got a little bit, uh, got a little patronizing there. Whatever. That's what happens. I'm Paul Gallant. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's edition of The Paul Gallant Show. Make sure that you are following the podcast. Big thanks to Maura Dooley, who makes this show happen every single day. Big thanks to The Graz who stopped by earlier. Jake and Stacy are next. So long. Farewell. Have a great Tuesday.